Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpackers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 49. I'm a Catholic who's co-equally a Catholic and an American patriot. Many people among Catholic social warriors and other fruitcakes, idiots, and malcontents say I can't be both. They say the two positions are mutually exclusive. They're contradictions. Well, here in the Ozark Mountains, we call people like them booger-eating morons. I'll explain that as soon as we pay the bills. What do Billy D. Williams, the celebrated American artist Norman Rockwell, and famed comedian Jimmy Durante have to do with one man's journey from conservative Judaism to the cross? Everything. Marty Barrick has lived one of the most fascinating conversion journeys ever told. In Calvary Road, Marty's biography, you can read about Marty's military service with Billy D. Williams, how Norman Rockwell helped him pass a college course, how, in his deep abiding love for his late wife, Marty helped Irene travel the road of sanctity, how the times are quickly reaching critical mass for fulfilling prophecy concerning the Jews, and much, much more. Get your copy of Calvary Road by Marty Barrick today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. Genuine Catholic teaching aligns perfectly with American patriotism. In fact, a careful reading of the U.S. Constitution would lead the reader to believe it's a governmental document written by Pius XI, who was Pope when it was written. So I don't see how anyone can come up with the ridiculous claim of the Catholic social warriors when they say Catholicism and American patriotism are incompatible. Catholic social warriors, inclusive of that abomination known as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, promote what is essentially a socialist America, which is most certainly incompatible with the Constitution. An even bigger problem than Catholic social warriors being incompatible with the Constitution is the fact that it's also incompatible with the constant 2,000-year teachings of the Church. Let me preach on it. Archbishop Fulton Sheen once prophetically said, Who is going to save our church? Not our bishops, not our priests and religious. It's up to the people. You have the minds, the eyes, the ears to save the church. Your mission is to see to it that your priests act like priests, your bishops like bishops, and your religious act like religious. The bark of Peter is sinking, and we laity are being left to drown while the hierarchy float contentedly away in their life rafts. It seems there's no end to the scandals, and it's become painfully clear that the scandal is due to corruption from Pope Francis to many members of the College of Cardinals and local bishops. It must stop, and in fulfillment of Venerable Archbishop J. Sheen's prophetic statement, it is we laity who must stop it. The USCCB and its continued existence is a bad idea on so many levels. As an organization, through its functions, it abrogates much of the legitimate authority of the individual local bishop and more or less makes him subject to the organization as a body. 
This is contrary to the way Jesus set up the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. The hierarchical structure is supposed to be pope to bishop to priest and deacon to laity. As it is now under the USCCB, the structures become pope to USCCB to bishop. Much like our unconstitutional federal government today, the USCCB places its intrusive and heavy jackboot on the necks of good bishops across the country. In other words, a bishop can't act independently of the USCCB in most situations, although theoretically he's independent of all others beside the Pope. The idea and intention of the USCCB is to show the bishops of the United States to be united in their service to the Church and the Church's members. In reality, it's made each local bishop a servant of the organization rather than the servants of the Church and her people. In 1966, the National Conference of Catholic Bishops was formed as a united organization for our bishops as an experiment that certainly was worthy of being tried, but it's a failed experiment that needs to be stopped. The NCCB became the USCCB and needs to be abolished and all authority returned to the local bishop. It's an abomination to Almighty God. The USCCB finances the Catholic Campaign for Human Development, or CCHD, and Catholic Relief Services, also known as CRS. Those organizational names sound quite innocuous, don't they? But they're far from being innocuous in actuality, because they use our hard-earned dollars, my dollars, your dollars, our dollars, to support such things as artificial contraception, the promotion of abortion, both directly and indirectly, LGBT ideologies, and sanctuary for illegal aliens, all of which are in direct opposition to the constant teachings of the Catholic Church. The Apostolic Letter on the Service of Charity, authored and promulgated by Pope Benedict XVI, says this in Article 10. It is the responsibility of the bishop to supervise the ecclesiastical goods of the charitable agency subject to his authority. It is the duty of the diocesan bishop to ensure that the proceeds of collections made in accordance with Canons 1265 and 1266 CIC and Canons 14 and 15 CCEO are used for their stated purposes. In particular, the diocesan bishop is to ensure that charitable agencies dependent on him do not receive financial support from groups or institutions that pursue ends contrary to the church's teaching. Similarly, lest scandal be given to the faithful, the diocesan bishop is to ensure that these charitable agencies do not accept contributions for initiatives whose ends, or the means used to pursue them, are not in conformity with the church's teaching. Contrary to this papal mandate, the USCCB has a long track record of supporting all sorts of things contrary to church teaching. In 1969, the USCCB came up with a program aimed at addressing and fighting poverty across the United States. Since its inception, the Catholic Campaign for Human Development has been getting annual contributions from the Catholic faithful and donations from all over the U.S. to achieve its mission and support economic development programs in order to help the less fortunate in society. 
Likewise, Catholic Relief Services is the official overseas relief and development agency of the USCCB, which is in charge of international charity programs and grants in regions such as Africa, Latin America, and the Middle East. CRS deals with both emergency relief and community-based development initiatives in healthcare, education, and agriculture. As with all Catholic organizations, CCHD and CRS have a mandate to support community projects that strictly adhere to the Catholic Church's teachings. However, both CCHD and CRS are notorious for funding left-wing organizations that often contradict church teachings by advocating homosexuality, abortion, birth control, illegal immigrants, and liberal political activism. Although it's not a must that recipients of grants be Catholic, they shouldn't violate the Catholic Church's teachings or be involved in any Catholic activities. This means screening the grant applicants to weed out groups, individuals, and projects that directly or indirectly go contrary or opposed to Catholic teachings. Grant recipients should abide by church teachings on abortion, artificial contraception, same-sex marriages, homosexual and lesbian lifestyles, political activism, illegal aliens, Marxist-communist ideologies, and radical politics. In fact, the CCHD Grant and Process Timeline on the USCC website says, Organizations that receive CCHD funds must not participate in or promote activities that contradict the moral and social teachings of the Catholic Church. For example, organizations that support or promote same-sex marriage, discrimination, racism, capital punishment, abortion, or euthanasia are not eligible for CCHD funding. However, the funding patterns of the CCHD have been criticized for supporting and giving grants to organizations with anti-Catholic causes. Since the Wander Forum Foundation report raised the alarm in 1997 that CCHD funds were being used to aid organizations that oppose Catholic teachings, many groups have been actively involved in investigating the issue. This has raised concerns and criticism about if Catholic funds really go into genuine projects or if they go into groups that violate the social and moral teachings of the Catholic Church. As it turns out, many researches carried by different groups have confirmed the fears that CCHD and CRS have indeed been linked to supporting groups that promote and spread anti-Catholic teachings. Many Catholic groups and dioceses have been prompted to call for reforms in these ministries of the USCCB dealing with grants. Amidst the claims from CCHD that they reformed and put strict screening measures for those seeking grants, the number of these questionable cases are still on the rise today. Sadly, CCHD still supports organizations opposed to Catholic teachings or are affiliated groups that propagate anti-Catholic activities. The initial Wanderer Forum Foundation report forced the CCHD to enact reforms, at least ostensibly. But these touted reforms couldn't be farther from reality. In 2012, the pro-life community produced a second report demonstrating that CCHD funding of progressive networks were pushing the culture of death. In particular, they zeroed in on the Gamaliel Foundation network with over 50 U.S. affiliates receiving $854,500 worth of CCHD grants the previous year. 
Gamaliel had been a founding member of the Fair Immigration Reform Movement Steering Committee, which in 2010 made an official position statement that homosexual relationships should be recognized as families. CCHD did nothing, and it continues to fund the Gamaliel locals. The pro-life report also looked at another Alinskian organizing network, Interfaith Worker Justice, whose public policy pushes same-sex marriage, abortion, and democratic socialism, among other things. CCHD did nothing, and it continues to fund interfaith worker justice locals. In fact, 50% of the 2013-2014 CCHD grants were given to Alinskian organizations. This doesn't include an additional award of $300,000 to the Alinskian networks at its national level, nor $500,000 to the Society of St. Vincent de Paul to restructure its approach to include community organizing and political advocacy, and $500,000 to the California Catholic Conference, which has been forced to battle U.S. Department of Health and Human Services mandates that would force Catholic institutions to purchase health insurance that covers abortion. The latter would be a positive development if it weren't for all the millions of dollars CCHD poured into California Alinsky and the organizations to advocate for universal health care legislation regardless of any reproductive justice components. Since the illicit and radical activities of the USCCB and its CCHDCRS charitable arms have been exposed, tracking down how and to whom grants are distributed is far more difficult than it once was. However, I've been able to track down 35 organizations who receive CCHD and the CRS grants, which is our money, that promote electoral and voter registration fraud, the registration of illegal voters, contraceptives and birth control counseling, sterilization, abortion, homosexual activism, and Marxism. As you can see, what I said near the beginning of this episode about the USCC being an abomination to Almighty God was absolutely correct. If we want and expect our bishops to be the sort of leaders Jesus expects, the very first order of business is to abolish the USCCB. At the end of the day, the only valid Catholic social justice is found in the corporal works of mercy feeding the hungry, sheltering the homeless, clothing the naked, visiting the sick and in prison, and burying the dead. It certainly doesn't include contraception, abortion, LGBT ideologies, and sanctuary for illegal aliens. It's time to work toward fulfilling Archbishop Sheen's prophecy that we lay faithful save the church in America. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. 
The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step -step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to Catholic News Agency. Pope Francis has decreed that the Feast of Our Lady Loretto be included in the Roman calendar as an optional memorial to be celebrated on December 10. Well, every now and then even a blind squirrel can find a nut. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic news pick number four. Hats off to the Washington Examiner. The priestly fraternity of St. Peter celebrates the traditional Latin Mass, and they've reported a large increase in Sunday Mass attendance at their parishes throughout the United States. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic news pick number three. Hats off to LifeSite News. U.S. District Judge Paul Engelmeyer ruled that the Trump administration cannot enforce a rule protecting health care workers from being forced to participate in abortions, claiming it was unconstitutional. This idiot judge is an Obama appointee. Can you see how evil and illogically they think? You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to the Daily Signal. More than half of California's registered voters have considered leaving the state, and 40% of that number represents Republicans or conservatives, according to a study by the University of California, Berkeley. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 1 Hats off to the Blaze. Nikki Haley, the former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, claims in her new book that former Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and former White House Chief of Staff John Kelly attempted to recruit her to subvert President Donald Trump. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Warning to snowflakes. If he thinks it, he says it. It's time now for Joe Sixpack's Common Sense Catholic Commentary. You know what burns me up? You know what makes me want to open a 55-gallon drum of whoop-ass? I'm sick to death of these whiny liberal snowflakes who are trying to remake America's culture and society in their own image and likeness. They're always talking about their safe spaces, where they can go to avoid being offended by anything other people do or say. 
These poor little crybabies think they have a right not to be offended. Well, I've got news for the tender little pansies. Until the Constitution is amended to grant you a right to not be offended, I intend to offend you at every opportunity with my toxic masculinity and blunt presentation of truth. If you don't like it, I'll be happy to buy you a one-way plane ticket to any place where you think you won't be offended. Oh, wait. No such place exists. Sorry. I'll still buy you a one-way plane ticket, though, just as long as you promise not to come back. These spoiled brats have their own set of beliefs about how life in these United States is supposed to be, and those beliefs have the snowflakes as the center of their own universe. If you disagree with them about anything, they call you racist, sexist, homophobe, or a fascist. If their name-calling doesn't carry you into submission, they become the fascists and use some form of violence to get their way. Of course, I don't blame the snowflakes for being the way they are. I blame their parents for forming such a delicate progeny. Mom and Dad reared their kids by being their buddies rather than being parents who used discipline. They're the sort of parents who expected their kids, school, and teachers to do the hard part of child-rearing for them, then made life miserable for any teacher who actually tried to discipline their poor little tender children. I was reminded the other day of what life was like in America before all the snowflakes and identity politics. Believe it or not, the trip down memory lane was provided by YouTube. In the late 60s and early 70s, one of the most popular television shows was the Dean Martin Show. For those of you too young to know, Dean Martin was a wildly popular singer and actor, and his show was highly rated. He'd periodically have specials called the Dean Martin Celebrity Roast. The other day, my wife and I sat down in front of the computer surfing for some entertainment on YouTube. We discovered quite a few of the celebrity roasts. In each roast, one person was being honored by celebrity colleagues. The way the man of the hour was honored was by having these celebrity colleagues stand up and tell jokes and throw good-natured insults. There were stars of yesteryear such as Bob Hope, Don Rickles, Milton Berle, Ruth Buzzy, Foster Brooks, and Sammy Davis Jr. My wife and I saw these roasts when they were new about 50 years ago, but we laughed so hard that our abdomens ached. As we watched the roast, something occurred to me. All of these celebrities were men and women, black, white, and Latino. There were even some Jews in the mix. There were also a couple of homosexuals. Every single joke and barb they spoke would be banned today as racist, sexist, homophobic, and fascist, but we laughed our butts off. Contrast those celebrities with modern snowflakes. Those celebrities knew how to make people laugh, laugh at themselves, and have a good time. They did it without using vulgar language or being vulgar. For an hour, those celebrities made us forget the problems and challenges we all face every day. Snowflakes? They don't know how to laugh. They do nothing but complain about how tough their lives are, and they want to make sure you get it that they're the very center of your life as well as theirs. They think there's nothing more important than themselves, and they'd be horrified if someone subjected them to a Dean Martin celebrity roast. Well, my wife and I made a decision, and it's a decision we want all the snowflakes to know about. We're going to watch more programming like the Dean Martin Celebrity Roast. We're going to laugh at the sexist, racist, and homophobic jokes told. 
Because this sort of entertainment makes us think of snowflakes, we're going to laugh at them, too. Here's my message to all snowflakes. I don't care if you're offended, and I hope you're offended frequently so you can get a dose of the reality of life. So just shut up, sit down, try not to melt, and quit ruining my life. Can you see yourself making converts? Very few books have ever been written to teach the mechanics of practical Catholic evangelization, something all Catholics are obliged to do. Of the books available, none teach you a step-by-step method for actually cultivating an inquirer, then taking that inquirer all the way to the baptismal font. Until now, nobody is more qualified to teach Catholic evangelization than Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Joe Sixpack has made hundreds of converts since 1988 in small group and one-on-one venues, and 84 of them are his adult godchildren. Consequently, Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, is a virtual treasure trove of how-to resources for evangelization. In the Lay Evangelist's Handbook, Joe Sixpack will show you how to become one of God's rock stars of evangelization, what the two primary obligations are for all Catholics that most people don't know how to begin the journey to becoming a saint, the actual mechanics of productive evangelization, the dangers of nice Catholicism, how to hear God laugh, what to do step-by-step to win over a convert, and much, much more. Get your copy of the Lay Evangelist's Handbook by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. Some years ago, a prominent young doctor of Paris was engaged to a wonderful Catholic girl. One Saturday evening, she asked him to wait while she went to confession. It took her about a half an hour to make her confession, and this made the intended groom angry. He didn't want as a wife a girl who took a half an hour to tell all her sins. He broke off the engagement. Both the doctor and the girl were prominent in Paris, so the newspapers reported the broken engagement. Privately, the doctor explained the reason he broke off the engagement. That reason came to the ear of a wealthy young merchant who reasoned, a girl so conscientious about confession must have a very high moral character. He managed to meet the girl at the home of a friend, and he fell hopelessly in love with her. In due time, he proposed. At their wedding day, the bride received many warm congratulations. Her seriousness about the sacrament of penance won her many admirers and a loving husband. Best of all, the girl's efforts to make a good confession won the approval and smile of God. The more frequently and fervently you receive the sacrament of penance, the more you'll grow in God's grace and favor. Often you'll have only venial sins to confess. You don't have to confess them, but the church highly recommends that you do so. You can include some mortal sin that's been forgiven in the past to help you work up contrition. A sin that's been forgiven in the past can be absolved over and over again, just like an insult to a friend can be forgiven over and over again. That's it for this episode, Six Packers. Be sure to come back and listen to next week's episode. 
If you like The Cantankerous Catholic, be sure to write a review wherever you download it so other like-minded Catholics can more easily find it. And be sure to visit my show notes to get links to other things relevant to this episode. As long as you're on the show notes, drop a comment at the bottom to let me know what you think of this episode or to suggest topics for future episodes. If you happen to be on cantankerouscatholic.com for the show notes, download a free copy of The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It, Volume 1, and visit the Joe's Stuff page to get copies of my other books and some really neat coffee mugs. I think you six-packers are the cream of the Catholic crop, and I really appreciate you listening. Just remember, though, comfort and conviction don't live on the same This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.